welcome to the table presented by the Broken Images podcast, where John Siebert and I uh, talk about life, theology, the Bible, and everything in between. Um, we took a week off because we had a little snowpocalypse. Snowpocalypse. And you said yesterday in your sermon that you're glad the snow is gone. Yeah. You know, I like the idea of snow. Right. And I like it like one day. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to snow, like dump. Please, like get a, a lot of snow, but then immediately go away. <laughs> like the like <laughs> after instantly, I'm tired. Of it. Yeah. No, like after one day, because my kids were like they were tired of sledding. Oh, so I was like, hey, let's go out in the snow, and they're like, no. Yeah, I went sledding one day and it was good, but then I was like, well, all right. Yeah, we had fun. All my worst injuries as a kid were sledding injuries. Oh wow. Yeah, because it's. You're like, I can bomb this. You're like, it's snow. It's fine. It's snow. I'll, I'll be okay. And then you like go off some ice-packed jump and, and you just, hit your noggin. Yeah. You so. land on this compact snow really Oh, it's hard. the worst. Yeah. So I've, I've been concussed a many a times sledding. So. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten a concussion from sledding, but it's definitely possible. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice having some snow. Yeah. It got annoying a little bit. Yeah. Because I had to drive to Jenna's because her car didn't. Okay. That's so why every day. And you're, you're driving the Exploder, Ford Exploder. Yeah. And then I wanted her to come sled here because we went sledding at the middle school and I had to go get her. And I was uh, like, oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. But, we, have the, we have a little house, second little house on our property. And um, the gentleman uh, renting the house, he tried to leave with his two-wheel drive car and <laughs> made it literally 300 feet and, and called me like, hey, can you tell me back can to the house? Can you tell me back? Because it was so bad. Uh, yeah, we was- got dumped on up north of battleground so yeah that's fun um this week we're doing a segment called don't be an idiot what is the most inspiring thing i ever said to you don't be an idiot changed my life whenever i'm about to do something i think would an idiot do that and if they would i do not do that thing what this is is a segment where I'll say some ancient proverbs and we can talk about them. Cool. I like, I like it. Don't be an idiot. Um, the I will preface: they're not biblical, except the last two are okay. from the Bible. Okay. So for anybody listening, if you think I'm saying, "Oh, this is from the Bible," nope, the last two are from the Bible. They're proverbs, not from the Bible. Uh, proverbs yes. are just little axioms of the ancient saying of wisdom. Yes, wisdom. Um, first one: If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hmm. That's good. I like that. I like it too. I know. It's true though. I mean, I think about it when I'm running errands. I don't want to bring my kids. Right. I'm like, no, you can stay home. Yeah. I got to go into Home Depot. I got lots to do. Lots to do, but if I want to go far, I go with a friend. Yeah. Hmm. I think of like, like that, like shopping just in general for me. When Jenna's like, let's go shopping, I'm like, eh. oh, shopping with your spouse is the worst. I went to Hobby Lobby the other day. Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started. That was one of the things I hate. Yeah, Hobby podcast. Lobby. Yeah. And we went, and I was like, I'm not going to be here longer than 20 minutes. My wife doesn't listen to our podcast. She doesn't listen to any podcast, so I don't take it personally. <laughs> but uh, she drives me crazy when we go shopping. Yeah. Because she's like, what do you what do you think of this similar size beige boot? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's the same beige boot, but she she wants me to tell her whether it's a nice beige boot or not. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all beige boots look, I'm a the dude. Yeah. yeah, I don't care. Like you we're know? walking on Hobby Lobby and there's like, I will say there's probably some things in there that I'm like, that's cool decor. But she's like, what do you think about this or this or this? I'm like, 
I don't care. Like, right. Honestly. Just, whatever you like, I don't right. know. Which is not a good answer. No. They're like, well, which one do you like better? I'm like, I, I honestly do not know. And then I just 50-50. Just, Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, yeah. my head. Yeah. Like, and then one. pick one. Yeah. And then she's like, I, I didn't like that one that much. I like the other one. <laughs> Why did you ask me? Why did you just tell Anyways, me Anyways, that? that proverb's good. We just talked about shopping. Yeah. <laughs> um, second one, the most beautiful fig may contain a worm. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. I saw something like that yesterday. It was like, you're only as beautiful as you are kind. And I was like, that's, that's good. Cause yeah, we, we always judge by the exterior. It's true. So you, there's a lot of wormy figs out there. It's true. It's, it it's very look like true. a beautiful fig. And then you get near that person. You're like, Oh, oh wow! Like they open up to you, and you're like, "Oof, you're not like your interior is beautiful. Your interior, yeah, you got. Sucks. It looks like you got your life together on the outside, but you're mm-hmm. a hot mess. No kidding. On the inside, and uh, yes, that's a good proverb. That's yeah. a proverb to live by. That's. I feel like I'll, I'll tell that to my my boys yeah. when they're starting when to they're, date when yeah. they're thirty. Because <laughs> when they're thirty. <laughs> Probably. That'll probably be that's, when they come out of the basement. Yeah. That's the life path they're going on right now. Um, third one, dear God, I have a problem. It's me. So this isn't from the Bible, but yes. it's a biblical principle. Oh, yeah, that's totally accurate. <laughs> you are the problem. You are the exactly God is not the problem. You are the problem. Yeah. yeah. I can get behind that. So I just put that one in there because that's funny. That's, yeah. It's like that funny. It feels like a bumper sticker. Yeah. Like, dear God, I have a problem. Yeah. It's, it's me. me. I, yeah. Like, I'm my own problem. Right. Um... A large chair does not make a king, Ooh, which is another really good one. That's good. Yeah. Huh. A large chair does not make a king. Yeah. And there's a lot of wannabe kings out there There just sitting in their large chairs thinking, I'm the king. I'm the king. But But just because you got a big chair does not mean you are the king. Exactly. That's that's heavy. Um, I think this is a common one. A wise man never knows all. Only fools know everything. Yeah. Honestly, like the people I want to be around are like learning all the time. Yeah. I I had Thai food with uh, someone earlier this week and they basically talked about themselves for an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And that's hard. That's hard to be around someone like that. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that. Um, the creators of The Office, uh, the British version. Mm. He said, and it's a great line. He said, they asked him about like my, the character, character of Michael Scott. If you're not familiar with The Office, this is going to not be <laughs> helpful. But they asked him, how did, you, how did you come up with that character? And he said, everyone knows a Michael Scott. Yeah. If you don't know Michael Scott, you are Michael Scott. Which yeah. I was like, that is 100% accurate. Like the people who... <laughs> Are just a, a relational drain. They don't. They don't even. They're not even aware of the mm-hmm. fact that they're draining the people around them. Yeah. Um, so if if you don't know Michael Scott, chances are you are Michael Scott. That's such a tough pill to swallow. Because there was a point in my life where I was definitely Michael Scott. Because <laughs> I I love to talk and I just naturally talk about myself, what's going on in my life. So right. I, but I catch myself obviously now. Right. And there's obviously certain moments where I'm like. If I'm talking to you about something personal, I'm going to vent to you right, or a right. mentor. And like yep. that's fine. Monologue for a bit. That's yeah, totally like, appropriate. I'm totally talking about myself right now because I need to. Yeah. But if it's just like, let's get coffee and everything's chill and you're just like, well, here's how I'm doing. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. Word vomit. By the way, over. how are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. Boom. <laughs> and that's it. Then you talk about yourself again. Yeah. I, I hate those type of yeah. interactions. So I'm, I'm praying I have a level of self-awareness that I don't catch myself. It's ironic because we're doing a podcast where we talk. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Extreme. Just on and on just talking. on and on talking. Um, next two are biblical. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah. I believe that, man. Yeah. I see that people, I see that in my own life and the times I'm making the most foolish decisions, it's because I'm neglecting God's wisdom or Mm -hmm. wise counsel. Right. So that'll preach, man. Yeah. I've been foolish. I've been foolish before and typically it's, I'm doing foolish things in isolation. Yeah. That's a good point. Unless I'm a teenager and then I'm doing foolish things because the combined IQ of four teenagers drops by like... 500 points <laughs> it's like you could be a smart high schooler individually yeah. but you get yourself with a group of high schoolers and you're just, just not you're, smart anymore you're just making dumb decisions which like is there room for that maybe unless it's illegal then obviously don't do it yeah, right but like i think when i was in high school like this is a really dumb idea but we used to and okay a couple things we try we Took a canoe down China Ditch. I remember that. You guys were in my small group. Yeah, right? that's a really dumb idea. I think, but it's, it was great. I think it was because I shared with you when I was in high school, someone took a jet ski down China yeah, Ditch. Yeah, and so we're like, <laughs> senior skip day. Let's take canoes <laughs> down China down ditch. ditch. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Or like staying up all night, drinking energy drinks. Right. And then dressing up as Super Mario characters and going to the church parking lot on scooters love it like those are just those are pretty ideas. safe the safe it's stuff it's safe but dumb yeah so i get what you're saying i've yeah. experienced it and that's firsthand yeah only four years out of high school it's fresh in my mind still. <laughs> right. um the last one is pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before a fall hottie don't be hottie hottie spirit hottie spirit Pride goes before the fall, fall. yeah classic one all the time we'll actually talk about that at the end of this podcast yeah, that's true. That's uh, Ravi Zacharias, who we will sneak, talk about. Sneak peek, yeah. Had had heeded that godly counsel, probably mm-hmm. his life would have looked differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to spend some time laughing, there's some funny proverbs out there. There's, right. There's lots of them. So I love proverbs. They're good. One of the guys at our church I respect a ton. He reads, he reads a proverb a day. He's been doing that for years. Wow. And he's a very wise person. So. Makes sense. You're, yeah. reading, you're reading, reading Proverbs. Yeah. Um, so this last week, yesterday, because we're recording this on Monday, we spoke on John 14, which was all about comforting words for those that are in trouble yeah. and have a troubled heart. Yeah. Um, and I think that you could just tell last night, at least at Battleground, like people needed it. Yeah. A lot. Like yeah. people just in the aftermath with worship and then just like feedback from people. People's souls were needing a message like that. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, there was def- it was a unique. It felt like a unique night last night. Yeah, I mean right. every night is special, but God's God's doing some cool things at Battleground, and mm-hmm. glad I get to be even a small part of it. It's yeah. pretty pretty cool. Um, so the first question that we want to talk about is, like we just said, you began your sermon talking about trouble, but trouble in the sense of like, not like getting in trouble, but like brokenness. This like right. this something's wrong. Right. Um, and you said that we borrow trouble from news, media, social media, etc. What does this mean? Yeah, so 
There was a, it was a quote by the poet John Keats, and he said something along the lines, I don't have it in front of me, but mm -hmm. uh, imaginary yeah. trouble is the trouble I tend to borrow. And I think we, so when I was a kid, you could get the news on two channels. Mm -hmm. Like you turn on your TV, you had eight channels. The news came on for half an hour to an hour, one time at night, right. briefly in the morning. <clears throat> that was it. Now we're constantly plugged in to the news. You can get the news 24-7. And the way that news works is you tune in because there's some sort of tragedy that you're drawn to, like a moth to flames. And media companies, both social and televised, have caught on to this. Mm -hmm. It's human nature. Right. And so we're in a constant state of turmoil yeah. from the media because it, it is always an emergency. Mm. And... I think what that does is, I think on one hand, it's good to be aware of what's going on around you in the world and politics, things like that. Mm -hmm. The other hand is like, you don't really have a lot of control over that. It doesn't immediately impact you and your life. And so the trade-off is you're just on high alert all the time mm -hmm. over issues that largely don't impact your life. Right. Yeah. And that's not, I'm not saying that ignorance is bliss. Um, if you want to deep dive into this, in fact, there's a podcast called Hidden Brain. Mm. Um, and they dive into um, this very phenomenon of being hyperlinked to media, and and what that do, what's the trade off? Because on okay. one hand, it's good to be informed. On the other hand, you're constantly, uh, you know, your endorphins are pumping, your adrenaline, right. Right, <laughs> like yeah. you're just in a flight or fight or flight response all the time, right? Because of the media we consume. Um, and to, to com compounding is there's the information bias. Like we only get the news that aligns with our worldview. Right, and totally. So it's just, it's an, it's interesting stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's crazy cause we typically like generally complain about like how evil and broken our world is and like, oh, like this is terrible, which is good to be aware of. Like you said, what's going on. Right. But we're in this like state of depression, and then we turn on the evening news, and there's nothing on there that's like redeeming. No, it's like once a week I'll see like something on the news because someone's got it on. I'll see it, and I'm like, oh, that was good. And then back to COVID, back to racial right. injustice, back to every single thing that's going Politics. wrong in our world. Right, right. Every destruction, every death, is yeah. all being talked about. I'm like, I can't sit and watch this for two hours. People do though. People and, um, watch the news all day long. And, and I, I had to repent of, of some, like, I think, over fixation on, on information. Mm. And I found my, my mood, my attitude, how I treated others impacted by the media I was consuming. Right. And had to unplug for, for a while mm. for, my, for the sake of my soul. Right. So, yeah. And it, it, it has just, an impact. It's hard because you can literally set notifications. Right. To every single thing. Bling, 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 bling. Your phone and, is going off all like, the time. Person's dead. This happened. This right. blew up. Like, what? How is that helpful? Well, it's I even set the notification. Apple now does that. Like, I didn't even ask for it, and I'll get Apple news updates all the time. I'm like, yeah. how do I unsubscribe to this? Like, please stop. <laughs> stop. I don't want to. I don't want like, like, I, if I'm gonna look at news, I want to go looking for it. Right. Not in the sense like I'm looking for it have to it match foisted my, upon you. Yes. But I want it to like, like when I prepare for a cultural moment. I'm going to look for things that are sad to talk about. Right. 
and like to be aware of, not to just be bombarded all the time with this horrible news. Right, right. And so, yeah, we do borrow trouble. We do borrow trouble. It's, it's saddening. Um, you also said that we long for this perfect home. And you made the comparison that you said we didn't have time to get into last night, which is what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Is you made the comparison to why people, American people, love HGTV. Right. Um, so why do we long for this perfect home right. so much? So there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that we have an inconsolable longing for the eternal. Hmm. Uh, whether you're a socialist, a Marxist, a capitalist. Right. They're all worldviews based on the idea of a longing for a more perfect, more better reality. Right. But if you scrape the surface, according to theologians, what that is, is a desire for the he- for heaven, for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is strictly my theory. I'm talking out of the side of my head. Um, the HGTV DIY fixation. Yeah, fixer-upper. Fixer-upper, it... My theory, <laughs> my theological <laughs> theory, theory, my working theory is it's a billion-dollar industry. I think it's fueled by this. It's tapped into this this reality that we want heaven, mm. and what we do have control over is our immediate surroundings. So we fix our home up and things like that. Uh-huh. But you ask people after they finish a long project of fixing up or moving or buying a new home. They're left still wanting more, right. you know, and I think what that is 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 a desire for heaven that's unmet this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm I'm in the middle of a year long remodel, so <laughs> so maybe I'm a little jaded, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, when Paul talks about we live in tents, yeah, like our time here is transitionary. It's this is not our permanent dwelling place. Mm-hmm. Um, we long for a home for us in heaven. And so while we're intense, I, I use the camping analogy, like if you're camping for a week, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care how much you love camping. By the end of the week, you're ready to go home. Right, yeah. And I think some of us, the angst we feel, the anxiety we're feeling, um, feeling is we long for heaven, but we've made our home here. Yeah. And I spoke on this a few weeks ago um, during the... Roman series, right. we did the short Roman series, but mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of a rehash, but I, I think that's, I think our fixation, cause I could, I could literally watch hours of HGTV. Oh my gosh, I could watch it forever. And I'm like, I'm never going to be looking for a house in Miami, but I'm like emotionally invested in this couple finding the perfect home in Miami, right. you know, uh, or like the fixer upper shows. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. I and should then be you, a fixer upper. What's that? I should be a fixer upper. Yeah, I should go right. do this. Yeah, we've actually talked about it, Jenna and I, because yeah. we really love we love remodeling and projects mm-hmm. and could see ourselves flipping houses in the future. But um, we work really well as a team. Anyways, yeah, that's my theory on HGTV. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I never thought about that. Like, because obviously I knew that we all longed for the eternal. Yeah. And I loved HGTV. Yeah. But there was like... It always was, especially in high school, it was like, why are we all obsessed with this show? Right. It can't be that we all love doing work projects. Right. Nobody. I don't, I'm not great at like woodworking or like (laughs) fixing home. Yeah. I'm not going to retile a bathroom anytime soon. I'm not great at that. I could learn, obviously. Right. Remodeling's cool, but I'm like, I don't care that much. Like I pay someone But I love this show. This show is addicting. Yeah. And it makes sense that it's triggering something that's innate in us. It's like you long for eternity. Yeah. You long for this. The perfect home. Perfectness. Yeah. yeah. 
which is why we try to fix our world. But I think we like those shows because like the fixer flop, perfect example. What they do is they bring the family in and then they show like this little video vignette of them having dinner in their new home, whether they kept the home or sold the home. And it's like puts a nice little bow on things, but you don't come back a week later where they're like frustrated with the home they picked Yeah, because that's eventually what's going to happen. They're like, I don't, I don't like this about my home. Um, even if they thought they bought the perfect home. Right. I, I, I listened to a YouTuber and watched him and he just rebuilt his whole podcast studio. Okay. Redid it like thousands of dollars. Like it's crazy. And he's like, I'm moving to Puerto Rico. <laughs> like two weeks later. That's and funny. I'm like, you just spent thousands and thousands of dollars remodeling this. And he's like, my, I don't like living here. Right. I want something better. Right. He wants this perfect home. Well, I think what we're going to see... This is, this is me uh, just extrapolating out. There's a phenomenon they're calling the Zoom boom right now. The Zoom boom. Zoom boom is this, that large metropolitan cities with a high cost of living, there's been flight out of those places for low cost of living places because you can work remotely. So a tech company in, in San Francisco can pay an employee half of what they did, did pay because they've then had the employee move to Oklahoma. They've chose to move to Oklahoma where the cost of living is a fraction. Mm-hmm. So this company is paying them less, getting the same or greater quality of output without mm. leasing all these commercial buildings. Right. I think what we're going to see is people have, there's going to be more transitionary lifestyles. So we'll see people live in a community for a year or two and then yeah. go, well, I don't have to be here. I work remotely. I can live wherever right. constantly on the move. Right. So my theory is you're going to see more tiny homes. Hmm. Um, you're going to see like Europe, only 25% of people own homes in Germany. Wow. Everybody else rents. That's crazy. And I think that's what we'll see in America as well. Renting. Renting because people don't want to be tied to a location. Mm-hmm. And it's not just financial. It's about a lifestyle the Zoom boom is creating. Yeah. Um, what we- does that mean for the church? It means people aren't going to be in your church for very long. So it's going to be like an influx. Of- influx, a constantly rotating, and, and maybe we just need to normalize that. Yeah. Because they're not leaving your church to go to another church in town. They're leaving your church, Lord willing, to go to another church on the other side of the country. Across the country, yeah. So yeah. maybe churches begin to network more, mm-hmm. you know, the X29 model. Connecting. Connecting yeah. and sending people to healthy churches around the country. Right. So anyways, we talk about that for hours. Yeah, but. Hours on end. Yeah, it's true. Um, third question is, um, there's a, a verse in our passage this week that says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Um, controversial verse, taken out of context. How has this verse been abused? Right, right. So um, there was a theological movement in the 50s. I believe the last name of the guy was Hagee. It was uh, kind of a health and wealth gospel movement mm-hmm. uh, called Word of Faith. Right. And basically, you would, you know, l- leverage God mm-hmm. um, to do his bidding for you, like God's a cosmic genie. Is it, uh, Kenneth Hagen? Ken- yeah, Kenneth Hagen's Kenneth Hagen. Hagen. Yeah, not Hagee. Yeah. Um, he was the main proponent of it. And then mm-hmm. it just, it went, it mainlined into a lot of charismatic churches. Right. The theology that they use to frame it up is based in Genesis where God creates man in his image. Mm-hmm. What they do is they extrapolate out of that inappropriately and in saying, you are a little Elohim. Mm-hmm. So you're a little God. Right. So 
you're like Jesus, you're God as well. And so you can do everything that Jesus did because you are a God, which is totally incorrect. Right. It's yeah. bad theology. Yeah, it's not very good. You're not, you're not God. Um, you're creating God's image in that you bear mm-hmm. his image and that you're, uh, there's some similar characteristics, but you do, right. you do not have the same character and nature of, of Christ. Of God, yeah. Um, so anyways, they, they shoehorn that and use this verse as kind of, they weaponize this verse and saying, the reason you're not getting the things you want is because you're not living into your divine essence or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it really leaves people disillusioned because mm-hmm. they're like, well, how did I get, why did I get sick? Well, it's, you're not living into your divine nature. Yeah, you know, well, why did my, why did I lose my job? Well, you didn't name it and claim it. Right. You didn't have enough belief, you didn't and it's it. it's a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not manifesting Christ yeah. well enough. Yeah, it's <laughs> nonsense. It's new age. It's it's new age spirituality. You like yeah. dig. If you want a fun Wikipedia rabbit hole, dig in on the Word of Faith movement. It's the it's roots new. are new age spiritualism. Yeah, and it's it's pagan. Um, right, and unfortunately, a lot of Christians have just gobbled this up. It's it's. Yeah, it's really sad. It's sad. Yeah, I, re- I recently did a podcast with Brenna about it when I talked about like the prosperity gospel because right. Kenneth Hagin had all these ideas, which, fun fact, he stole from someone else. Right. Like there was these writings of an older guy that wrote all this stuff and he plagiarized all of it. But mm. then Kenneth Copeland adopted it. Right. And was like, yeah, we're like these little gods. Yeah. And he said something that like you can't even, like people believe this. And I'm like, how do you believe this? And it's, that he had this revelation from God where God spoke to him, and it was like, uh, you know, Jesus, he died on the cross, saved this, like everybody, saved everybody. Like, you could have done that. Any man could have done that. Mm. He just used Jesus because he was a man in right, perfect relationship with God, empowered by the Spirit, and you could have done that. And I'm like, whoa. That's that's really sad. Yeah, because it, it tells people that, like, like you said, like they're God. Well, and then totally denigrates the nature of who Christ is and what he came to do. Yeah, the gospel is completely... He's like, anyone could have done that. It yeah. had nothing to do with Jesus. Any man could have done it. And I'm Ugh. like, no, he couldn't have. That's straight from the pit of hell. Yeah, and so, yeah, I've seen this abused in so many ways because, like you said, it's the name it and claim it. Like, just believe in Jesus, believe that he's going to do it, and he's going to do it. Yeah, so a correct rendering of that verse is in light of the following verse, those who do my commandments love me. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, he will grant you what you need in accordance with his will and purpose. Right. Um, and so another way to read that verse would be, I will, I will grant you what you need in your due time according to my will and purpose. Right. Not whatever you say I will do for you like He's, some cosmic genie. Yeah. Like there was a, a Bethel clip. I don't remember who it was. Where she was like, she was speaking and she was like, I, I like to think of the Holy Spirit as the genie from Aladdin. And I'm just like, that. Like the Holy Spirit is not even close to... Right. Like, he's not just, let me rub you right, and then all yeah. of a sudden, like I get my three wishes, and that's what happens yeah. with God. Like, that's not what it is. Right. That's Yeah, that's like pagan. Yeah. Like, do the things, the incantations, the chicken bones aligned with the livers, and it's crazy get how, God to do what you want him to do. Yeah, it's crazy how much it's been covered by the label of christianity and the christians just take it and like oh that makes sense like right that's, aw- that's awesome yeah it's crazy how that how misleading yeah god protect us protect us give us wisdom and discernment that we don't propagate false yeah. things like that yeah, yeah. exactly 
Um, you also told a story. The last question is uh, told a story about CPLS and CG Atwater. Who are they? What's the story and what's right. the implications for us? Right, right. So the end of uh, John 14 is uh, my peace I give to you. I, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives peace. Um, and I told a story of, of two enemies coming to peace with each other. Um, one was the local leader of a um, Black Panther party, and the other was the Grand Cyclops wizard of a local Ku Klux Klan. They were on the same um, desegregation board in North Carolina mm. during the Civil Rights era. Um, that was intentional. The voters put them together, basically to, so they could destroy each other. And what happened was a genuine friendship was made because both their children were in the same school. Mm. And so they realized we have more to lose by, for our kids by being at war with each other. And so genuine friendship was was made, and they came to peace with each other. And he, uh, C.P. Ellis, actually tore up his, um, I guess you get a license if you join the clan or something right, like yeah. that. He tore that up in front of his friend, and uh, she considered him a brother, and they had a lifelong friendship that that's was crazy. very improbable. And so I use that illustration to say that's when we say we have the peace of God, that is a sliver of what it means mm -hmm. because we were enemies with God. Right. And the illustration breaks down because God isn't, you know, in the clan or black party. <laughs> Anything like but that. he, they were, we were enemies. According to Romans right. 5, we are God's enemies. Mm -hmm. um, not that we were misguided, not that we were misaligned. We were right. like enemies with God, like, actively in rebellion against the creator of the universe. Children of his wrath. Children of his that's wrath. That's a bad title. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, that, that's what the Bible says. And so what Jesus does is he makes through his atoning death, mm -hmm. his sacrificial death, um, he makes peace um, between us and God. So yeah. we can be placed in right relationship with him. He essentially rips up the papers. Yeah, he, he rips up the papers, the dead against us. And, and yeah. So anyways, uh, that was that was the analogy. That's the, the story I told. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. the implications for John, the end of John 14. It's, uh, peace with God is, the greatest peace of God is peace with God. Yeah. And that's so good. And that story, obviously... What's crazy is that story is extremely powerful mm -hmm. because you're you're talking about people that probably are so far on opposite spectrums. Right. She, the the black uh, African American woman she hated white people. Yeah, and I mean pure hatred. The Klan is the epitome of pure hatred towards um, the the minority communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they're and so far on the like opposite ends of the spectrum. It's insane. Yeah. It's not like not even close to what we are scratching the surface on right now right. in our political scene. Right. And you have that them becoming peaceful and friends. Yeah. And that the fact that that's just like a sliver of what it's like with God and us. Yeah. Is mind blowing. Yeah, it because is. Because it makes you understand the weight of your depravity. Yeah. And how far you were from right God. Right. And now the fact that we're like, I mean, you can read all the things that he says we are yeah. in him, friends, yeah. Children. sons, yeah. daughters, all these things. Yeah, it's good. It's crazy. So now to talk about the the million dollar, not million dollar, but the big thing that's been happening right. in Christian news. And if you're not, you probably missed the story. So I'll, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Um, and if you're interested, you can go and do a little more research. Yeah, there's some good um, news. I'm totally spacing on his name. Oh my gosh. Ravi. Ravi Zacharias, yeah. uh, well-known apologist for a very long time, uh, Indian born. Um, 
and led a pretty successful apologetic ministry, um, literally ministered to hundreds of thousands of people around the globe with his ministry. Um, during his lifetime, allegations began to arise that there was impropriety. Mm. Um, most recently, there was a Canadian woman who came forward and said Ravi um, sexually assaulted her. Yeah. There was a non-disclosure thing signed with her, the payout. Um, the Ravi Zacharias Institute, I don't know what it's called. Ministries. I Ministry think. kind of circled around Ravi. Um, purported that he had, this was uh, slander, there was no, um, right. and then it was shortly after, the story goes, um, as I'm understanding it, uh, a woman who had been sexually abused by Ravi was watching basically a live stream of, live stream of his funeral yeah. and said, I need to speak out. This, is, this man raped me. Mm. And then come to find out and I don't think it was a well-hidden secret, but he owned massage parlors. He owned massage parlors, and he had a he had chronic back problems, so he had four massage therapists traveling always masseuses. traveling with him. He spent a year in Bangkok with li- like a living masseuse, female masseuse. Yeah. Um, we'll come to find out, just really dark, sinister, yeah. sick stuff that just made my stomach hurt when I read mm-hmm. it. Um, if you yeah. want the full details, you can go to Christianity Today. Yeah, they, have the, they have an article about it, and they also have the document released by the ministry. Yeah, so um, thousands of pictures on his phone. I think the one one little vignette that just made me the most sad and is he raped a, a young woman and then prayed and thanked God afterwards with her for yeah. their opportunity to have a special relationship. And... I'm still processing. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, so I'm going to shoot from the hip. It's it's sick. It's sad. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravi Zacharias ministry has done the right thing now and yeah, yeah. fully uncovering this, hiring outside counsel. Yeah. Um, I think when churches or organizations, nonprofits are going through something like this, it behooves them to do that not to try to control the narrative right it's unfortunate that during his lifetime it wasn't exposed yeah i would have i would have loved to have seen him repent confess and repent we don't know while he was alive because as far as we know like with like the pictures and the dates and stuff like something i read is like this was happening right up till the day he died yeah yeah just so it's like so sick so sad what do you do with that um i think as a christian leader so I, I condemn this type of activity. Of course. The thing that I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around is like the compartmentalization. Yeah. That he could be doing ministry and then simultaneously doing such heinous things to yeah. vulnerable people. Yeah. Um, it just confounds me. Yeah. Um, I think we have a responsibility to build cultures in our organizations where we take this stuff very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, if initially when this Canadian woman came forward, the organization just did the simple thing of looking at his phone, yeah. they would have uncovered this, but they didn't. Yeah. They believed him. Because they believed he him. Had... And I think for me personally, if you have accountability that you can drive a semi truck through, you don't have accountability. And he, the trad tragedy, I don't know, probably not. That's not a good word for it. But he would, he would, you know, get up and claim he has full accountability. He's got all these accountability partners mm-hmm. and things that, and it was a total lie. Yeah. 
And so it's like, don't kid yourself. You can get around any sort of accountability. Right. It's not so hard I think to you, do. You need to double down and um, be more intentional with that right. and be above reproach um, and take women seriously. Mm-hmm. Like if claims are coming forward, you need to take, you need to take that seriously. Right. Um, yeah. There's a few things that um, I've seen that I've wanted to like, like talk about. One, I, it's, some people were like, but we're all sinners. Like that's just not a good response to no, this. No, I think it's totally, and it, it, it does a huge disservice to the victims. Yeah, exactly. Because you're saying, like, well, well, you're a sinner too. You're a sinner. You're just sinning. He's just making a mistake. Like, no, he's doing something seemingly unrepentant. Right. Claiming. Hellbound. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Like, and obviously we can't. I can't. We're not the judge. No, we don't know the heart. But unrepentant sin leads to damnation. And so it's like, what do you do with that? Right. Which is honestly one of the most heartbreaking things for me when I'm hearing about it. And I'm like, you see pastors fall. You see leaders fall. And I'm, ty- I'm so tired of it. I, and I think it's part of the celebrity culture of in the evangelical church. Yeah. And that's a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Like we have to de-celebrify. I don't, that's not a word. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like pastors are not celebrities. That's an oxymoron. And like celebrity pastor is an oxymoron. I, We've talked about this. Yeah, so. and it, it, there has to be a difference between being a celebrity and being famous. You cannot help being well known. Right. If you write a best-selling, like John Piper has written how many books? Yeah. He is famous. Yeah, but he I is, wouldn't consider him a celebrity. No, because he doesn't. He does. He doesn't operate in that way. Right. He doesn't have like this whole Carl Lentz thing. Exactly. Like yeah. he would get chauffeured to the green room. Occasionally celebrities or athletes would come into the green room and talk to him. Right. As soon as he f- finished talking, he would leave the church in a chauffeured car. Exactly. And like the, the isolation that these men, these celebrity pastors live in is just... Like getting haircuts every single Sunday morning? It's crazy. Like, I'm like, how do you... And makeup and all that. I'm like, <laughs> that's not being a pastor. That's, yeah, that's something else. That's, we've, we've denigrated the word shepherd. Yeah into something that it's not meant to carry the weight of. So, And then I think the final thing I want to ask you your thoughts on, what do we do with his 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 ministry, his teachings? Do we throw a baby right. out with the bathwater? Gosh, that's a really good question. Okay, so I had a similar... So Bill Hybels. Yep. Another, another great leader. Super good. Uh, shaped the face of the evangelical church in America. Mm-hmm. You know, with his um, summit leadership, collective, things like that. Um, I, f- I was throwing his books out the other day. Wow. Because for me, on a personal level, I can't separate the scandal from the teaching. Right. Like, I see it through that lens from mm-hmm. now on. Um, the crazy thing is, though, and I've heard this before, and I believe it, God's God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. Like yes. he yeah. uses the wicked, the sins of the yeah. People. And so I, I'm too close to this right now to give like really good pastoral advice. <laughs> um, yeah. But it it doesn't make the things he said less true. But I right. think it 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 corrupts the messenger is so corrupted mm-hmm. that it's hard to take those things seriously. You almost have to. It sounds terrible, like scorched earth. You have to, like that for, I think, okay, so apologetics is a tool for those examining Christianity. Right. 
there's a there is a giant bullet hole in the side of these arguments now because the messenger was so hypocritical. Right. Like I don't know that the, I don't think the organization survives, and I don't think his material survives. Like I wouldn't recommend it to someone examining Not Christianity anymore, yeah. because it takes a cursory Wikipedia search to go what. Like this like dude. the du- the duplicity here, like why would you recommend this man? This guy is this is that's evil. Yeah. I mean what he did was evil. Mm-hmm. So I I can't like with integrity recommend anyone read his books. Yeah, no, no. But even. on the flip side, does it make it less true? No. No. But it it does taint the willingness to accept it as truth. Yeah. Which is a non starter for most people. Like mm-hmm. You can say true things, but say it in such a way that you're, as the messenger, you negate the message. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, because there's a verse in Philippians where Paul says, well, if the name of Christ is preached, like, rejoice. Right. Which, in a sense, like, if somebody doesn't know who Ravi Zacharias is, stumbles on a video, watches it, it's the gospel being presented. That's great that the gospel was presented. Right. But then you get into like, oh, I'm going to listen to Robbie Zacharias a lot. Like, you can't. Like, you can, but you can't because it's, like you said, he's so, what he did was so wrong and unrepentant. And so, and just the, the field that he was even in was right. a convincing, Yeah, and convincing unconvincible people to put their trust in Jesus. Like, how are you, how would, if I'm not a Christian, and why would I listen to him when you wouldn't, couldn't even convince yourself to live that lifestyle? Right. Right. Ugh. It's, so it's like I th- I think that organization has to like run from his name. I they have to they I would if they were like we're gonna keep our organization still try to do things. That's great. They need to change their name. Right. They have to change. The their optics name. are not good, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's sad, and I I think so. You want to go back twenty years ago? Ravi Zacharias was saying that he was Oxford trained, so hmm. he took audited a class at Oxford and sat through a string of lectures, then Mm -hmm. he used that experience to say, I was Oxford trained. That's not like that. (laughs) That in in itself is a giant lie. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So like he had a string of, of manipulating reality. Mm. And I think the proverb, his life is now a proverb. Like we have, we have to be honest with ourselves and with others and, and point people to Jesus, and if we're getting in the way of that, we got to repent. Yeah, um, I agree. So, anyways, I, I think I I think there's a lot there's a lot to take away. There's from a this. lot to talk about. Yeah. So, and my prayer is that this does not shipwreck individual people's lives. Right. Because I could see like a young person who has been ministered to by his ministry, right. came, maybe came to faith in Christ through because his apologetics. His apologetics. Yeah. Like this could really throw their axis and on a spin you know like mm-hmm. there is no terra firma underneath them they don't know what to believe and my prayer is for those people that they would cling to jesus right um so but i could see this really ship shipwrecking ship wrecking oh my gosh yeah. shipwrecking a lot of people's lives yeah so i agree it's a tough topic yeah tough, tough topic thing. absolutely but it needs to be talked about yep. um We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So yeah. get a hold of us. Uh, 
Instagram message or yeah, text or whatever. We'd love to love to hear your thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just two dudes trying to figure things out. So yeah. we are not experts. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> we just talk. Just talking. Two dudes talking. Yeah. So that, that'll wrap up our episode. Do we have any sponsors today? Yeah. Sponsored by uh, First Generation Vans Shoes. Yes. Good old canvas with the rubber soles. We love them. We love Vans. Mm -hmm. And also sponsored by Carhartt beanies. Uh, You put a Carhartt beanie on, people think you're a truck driver or you're some emo kid. From the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, that has an organic kombucha (laughs) uh, operation in their bathtub in northeast Portland. No kidding. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, If you have any questions, anything you want to talk to us about, you can message us on Instagram or if you have our numbers, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Whatever you want to do. So love you guys. We'll see you next time. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.